and she is just getting after this kid, but the superintendent's standing right there. So mm. she's trying her hardest to make sure that this kid makes it in my classroom. Then he's my problem. And, uh, he veers off. I never forget it. He just slowly veered off away from her and put his hands up in the air and stood behind the superintendent and just started dry humping on him. Like some <laughs> drunk guy at a club. <laughs> it was great. There's been something missing from our Educator Happy Hour episodes. We know that in-person happy hours are full of deep conversations around some of the pain points we've covered in previous episodes, like how technology affects teaching, why teachers should be paid more, and why kids have gone wild. But happy hours are also filled with funny and embarrassing stories, bonding over the ridiculous and hilarious experiences of day-to-day teaching. And while our previous topics are no laughing matter, we still need the chance to connect over classroom chaos. Which brings us to this week's episode. With every interview I've done, I've been collecting my guests' funniest and or most embarrassing stories. And this week, it's time to let those babies loose. So set aside your stressors and worries about education and humanity and grab something strong to sit because it's time for an Educator Happy Hour Ridiculous Stories edition. Educator Happy Hour is brought to you by Top Youth Speakers, the source for speakers and professional development leaders whose messages are evidence-based and life-changing. If you're looking for a way to rally your students or staff for the conclusion of this school year or gear them up at the start of next year, then head over to topyouthspeakers.com. Check out the lineup of amazingly talented speakers, browse their videos, see the testimonials, and create an event your staff and students will never forget. That's topyouthspeakers.com. What is up, Happy Hour HodgePodge? I hope you all are finding some joy right now or creating some joy. A lot of schools are either finishing out a spring break or about to launch one. And regardless of whether you're on an actual spring break or just taking a personal break, I hope that you're looking for some of the good. And if you haven't found any in a while and you're feeling a little bogged down, then this episode is the episode for you. We are going to be sharing some freaking hilarious, ridiculous, embarrassing stories from educators and previous guests. But before we do that, it's time for some updates and statements. First, a huge thank you to those of you who have taken up my mission to try to raise more money for the TeacherSalaryProject.org. A reminder that if you make any donation to TeacherSalaryProject.org, I'll be matching up to $500 of it this month. And even though this is drifting into a new month, I'm going to keep it going to continue the collection. So whatever amount you can donate, even if it's just a dollar, head over to TeacherSalaryProject.org, make a donation, let me know, and I will match it. Now, right now, I'm doing a super rare thing where I am recording the intro-outro of this episode ahead of time. When I first launched this podcast, I was like, I'm not going to wait until Sunday night to finish out my project. I'm going to get everything done ahead of time. And guess what I've been doing for the last couple months? Every Sunday night, I've been pulling the last little finishing touches before launching an episode. But this time, I'm actually doing it early. And here's why. It's because tomorrow, I'm going to be taking off for the ASCD National Conference in Denver, which I am geeked for. And on that note, it's time for our statements update. 
I've been continuing to get a whole lot of engagement with the statements I've been posting on Instagram stories. Each week I pitch these statements to my guests and then I send them out to the whole world on Instagram to see what everyone thinks around some of these topics. Last week my guest was Dr. Cheryl Almeida and she gave us a great glimpse or snapshot of what is college like and how is it different than what we might previously have expected. And she also responded to statements like this, people should be allowed to go barefoot anywhere. And I'll be honest with you, I was a little surprised with the responses here. Only 31% of people were in the agree or strongly agree category. That means 69%. That's right. Normally, I would just plow through that number, but given today's topic, I'm going to let you have your moment. 69%. Go ahead. 69% of folks disagreed or strongly disagreed with that statement. I'm a little bit biased. I don't know if it's just that I grew up as a redneck or I love the Hobbit lifestyle, but I just really feel like I don't care what people wear on their feet. Now, okay, if you're working in somewhere like a factory or construction and you probably should protect your toes so you don't get sued, and I get it. Maybe make sure you're wearing your shoes, your steel toes to make sure everything's safe. But beyond that, I don't really care if people are wearing something on their feet or not. Now, some of you might have been thinking of that foot stank and that might be your reason, but I really thought we had more hippies and hobbits out there. Our second statement was community college should be free to anyone. And with this one, we had 83% of people agreed or strongly agreed. Biggest category, 45% was strongly agree. We know that college is ridiculously expensive and continues to get more expensive. And we also know that most jobs require some continuing education. So I can totally see and agree with a lot of people that at least some elements or some access should be affordable slash free to anyone involved. Maybe not the big old private institutions or the four years but at least at the community college level, it seems like a lot of people would prefer that it was free to anyone. Our last statement was general ed requirements should be eliminated. And this was a pretty split response. 54% of people were in the agree, strongly agree category, and the rest were in the disagree or strongly disagree. It was a split even, 34% both agreed and disagreed, which means people are all over the place. I would be fascinated to know if people listed out their general ed experience in college, how many of those classes were fulfilling or enlightening, or at least brought up some new experiences they haven't had before, and which of them felt like a complete waste of time, because I have had some in both categories. And so if you want to share your opinion on these statements, follow me on Instagram and Chase Milky. Each Tuesday, I'll be posting the statements for people to respond to. Now, next week, we won't have any statements just based on today's episode. But from that point on, just hop on Instagram and make your opinion heard. All right, let's have some fun now. Teaching is such a wild profession. So much strange and hilarious and ridiculous stuff happens in just one day, sometimes one hour. And I'm a believer that if you can't laugh in education, you won't last in education. However, there is a phase of teaching where it's really hard to laugh in the moment. It's not until weeks, months, or even years later that the laughter can set in. And that's the phase of first year teaching. A ton of our stories come from the absurd moments or mistakes of early career teaching. So let's kick it off with our very first guest, Katie, who in episode one discussed gasping for air as a new teacher. And here she shares a story that may make some of you gasp in disbelief in students being oblivious. Remember, I had a student who drove me absolutely insane. Um, which are sometimes my favorite students. Like, I can't even lie. Sometimes the ones that just make me grind my teeth uh, are yeah. the ones that I think are probably the coolest humans and are going to be just okay. I had a really abrupt death in my family fairly, uh, like, while I was teaching. 
Um, and so I took mm. a day off and then I came back in the following day and all of my students were like, where are you? Like, what happened? Are you sick? Mm. Um, and I was like, no, I'm not sick. I had a death in the family. Um, everything's okay as it's going to be, but like, be gentle with me today because I am, you know, in mourning. And I, all of my kids were like, oh, like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, if you need anything, let us know, which is really sweet. Um, yeah. And of course, I had that one kid at the back of the room who's not paying attention. And I know she wasn't paying attention <laughs> because uh, 15 minutes into the lesson, she raises her hand and is like, uh, Miss Katie, are you okay? And I said, well, no. No, I am not. Thank you for asking. I'm probably at like a 60%, which is still passing. Um, and she was like, why? And I, oh, <laughs> I swear I have never seen 29 kids turn around quite so fast when all of them just whipped their heads around to look at her. And they were like, someone is dead. <laughs> I about lost it. I thought it was so funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that, I mean, that, that girl is probably like, what do you mean someone's yeah. dead? Like those are the moments when like kids, like their intention, like, ah, I know you guys are really trying to help, but <laughs> bring it down. She was level. mortified and it was so <laughs> funny. Early career stories often stick with us for life. And our next story may stink it up for life. Here's Dr. Cheryl Almeida, a 30 year veteran from episode 14 with an unbelievable story. You know, I was a new teacher, relatively young. I was in my third year of teaching high school. I'd gotten married, mm. um, and I was expecting my first child. And it was really sweet because my students were very protective of me, mm. very careful of the language they used around me. They wanted to make sure it was appropriate <laughs> for this baby that I was carrying. You know, it's very, very, very sweet. And um, I had a classroom that I could enter off the parking lot. Like I had my own door hmm. that entered the parking lot. It was really accessible, very nice. And I came in one morning and I looked at my desk and there was human feces <laughs> <laughs> piled on my desk. Okay. So I was shocked, as you can imagine. And I was thinking, who does not like me enough that they would poop on my desk? Like deep, deep resentment. That's not just like. Right. <laughs> right. You know, I'm running through the Rolodex of my mind. There's a number of students. Who could it be? And, you know, word gets out mm. and students are stopping by you know, trying to, you know, somehow soothe me. I'm at this point kind of mad <laughs> and teachers are coming by. So uh, long story short, the janitor comes in. His name was Carl. He was amazing. Literally carried my desk mm. out of the room and down the hallway, just disappeared with the desk. <laughs> and Ultimately, what happened was not only did he clean the desk, but he literally stripped off the wood Whoa. from the top of the desk, refinished the desk, what? and returned it to me. I was yeah. wondering, like, were there, like, papers on the desk? Was, like, oh, yeah. some, kid, <laughs> some kid's yeah. project that they spent forever? Correct. <laughs> Worse than that. Worse than that. My annotated 
intro to British literature no. where I had like three years of notes, oh, no. which I just dumped because, you know, you're going to, somebody else dumped. And so I, I say, therefore had to dump. Pun, pun intended there. So, okay. Yeah. Like be, before, cause I want to know more of the mystery, but I'm curious to know, like, what was the phone call? Like calling down to the front office? Of, like, how do you report that? Yeah, I believe that I was so stupefied that I sent a like student runner <laughs> to report, you know, and it was like, you know, kids were saying, you know, I would, I can see if somebody pooped on so-and-so's desk, but I can't believe they did it on, you know, Miss Henderson's desk <laughs> or whatever that was. So, um, yeah. So long story short, we did figure out that it was actually a disgruntled janitor, the night janitor. Uh, so not the one who helped refinish the desk. Okay. Correct. Oh. He was actually trying to create angst for the main janitor. Oh, no kidding. It was like janitor yeah. on janitor I mean, it was, beef. It was <laughs> janitor on janitor betrayal. And there was a little bit of a scuffle about this other janitor was going to be sent to a different building <laughs> and he didn't like his new schedule. And my door opened to the parking lot so he didn't get caught on the security camera. Oh my gosh. So it all went down in my room. <laughs> You're just like the innocent bystander who gets I caught was. in the middle of it. Yeah. I, all the time I would talk with students and I would say like, you know, you think drama at high school just ends, but like it really mm -hmm. doesn't. Adults do some bizarre things and have some major conflicts. And this will forever now be my story of, let me tell you an example of how adults can behave like children. <laughs> Let's keep chugging along on the Refuse Railroad with Jason Herbert, who could write a book on stories like Cheryl's. In fact, he did. You know, us teachers are humans and, um, for a really strange period of my life, I had all my friends, because, you know, you, you become friends with who you work with. Yeah. My friends were coming forward and they're like, dude, you're not going to believe this, but I just pooped my pants or <laughs> I this weekend I pooped my pants or whatever. And it's just like, and I almost thought there was like some secret group like working against me to try to get me to admit to doing that. Okay, that'd so, be a heck of a prank of like a hey, no, right, we're right. gonna get we're gonna get him to admit that he pooped his pants. Right, I thought this was like this really carefully orchestrated sick prank to get me to admit that I had in fact pooped myself. So, in me being the writer that I am, I'm like, man, God, these stories are just too good. So I started writing them down, and then I'm like, I told my buddies and like, I'm like, I'm gonna write a book one of these days. I'm gonna write a book, and then literally the other day I checked. And I have 85 star reviews on Amazon for my book, <laughs> Never Trust a Fart. And it has just been so much fun. But there's like one of the best stories is, is a guy and he's a gym teacher and he thinks it's really funny to fart out loud in front of the kids and get them all to laugh and whatever, you know. And I think he, from an emotional intelligence standpoint, started, stopped evolving at middle school. And, um, <laughs> So, you know, he's got the full class's attention. And I'm pretty sure he was even getting observed at the time. And oh, just, no. I don't know what he was thinking, but just bangs one off and just shits himself right in front of this whole group of kids. So, and that is one of these several stories in my book. You just can't make this up. There's nothing like more humbling 
than that moment. <laughs> like, it, like you, you are back to your raw human state, like as a baby when that happens. So like, no matter what your ego is, no matter how high in society you think you are, when you crap yourself, you're like, okay, I'm just a human. I'm a human with some flaws right now. It kind of levels out the playing field. That's for sure. Well, if anyone is listening and has crapped themselves in their experience as an educator, we'll put you in touch. So that way they can share their story and have it live on in legacy. So clearly grown humans lose control to embarrassing and hilarious ends. But let's get back to some stories of kids losing it. Here's Vera Jo Bustos, a performance psychology coach and top youth speaker from episode nine. Once I got back from Greece, I subbed for a couple of months because I didn't know what to do. And I'm like, I can't just sit around and do nothing. And yeah. right, there's always a sub shortage. Yeah. So my very first day as a substitute teacher, I had to break up a fight. <laughs> and it was one of those things where my mom's like, I've been teaching for over 20 years and I have never in my career had to break up a fight. Here I am day one having yeah. to break up a fight. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I'm like, nope, nope, <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> So, so what did you do? Like, why, where did the scene go down? It was in the classroom. So, the and, and it's one of those where it's two, two girls. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're fighting in the classroom. And it's ah, one of those man. where, you know, and they're in the classroom, like really about to throw down. So I'm like, okay, we're going to the office. Yeah. Well, rookie mistake here, right? I'm not a teacher at the time. Like, I don't know. I'm still at the point in time. I think I'm 22 years old. And so I'm telling them, let's go. Well, I let them walk out together. I don't separate them. And so the girl behind pulls the girl in front. She pulls her hair way back and I'm trying to get in between them. And it was just this terrible, terrible ordeal. So I learned the hard way. If you ever escort two people to the office, you got to be right. in the middle of them. Right. Well, it's kind of a bummer that like, I mean, obviously it's good that you were right there in the classroom, but it's kind of a bummer it wasn't in the hallway because then as a sub, you could be like, oh, not my thing, not my thing. Someone else swing in here. Someone else swoop in. I used to be always freaked out because I I used to dress up for all of like the thematic homecoming days. And so like I would have some like ridiculous costumes and I would always think to myself, please don't let today be the day that I have to break up a fight when I'm in like a chicken costume or that I look like a complete idiot because you know the cameras will be there. It'll be all over the news channels, all over the place. All right, fights are not a fun experience of being a teacher, but sometimes kids lack self-control in slightly more innocent ways or at least more hilarious ways. Here's Jason Herbert again. I think one of the the funnier things that I've seen, I guess I don't even know who was embarrassed by this, but I was talking to our superintendent um, this is all on video. It's how I know exactly what happened. And um, my principal has got her arm around a young man and she's walking the kid up to class and you could just see her just ripping this kid's ass right silently right in his mm. ear, you know, and she is just getting after this kid, but the superintendent's standing right there. So mm. she's trying her hardest to make sure that this kid makes it in my classroom. Then he's my problem. And uh, he veers off. I never forget it. He just slowly veered off away from her and, put his hands up in the air and stood behind the superintendent and just started dry humping on him like some <laughs> drunk guy at a club. <laughs> it was great. And so the superintendent had no idea what was happening. And I looked at this kid. You could almost hear me <laughs> screaming at him outside the building, like, knock it off. Get in there. Go sit down. And Oh, it was funny. It was Dude, funny. The, the level of confidence or just uh... – 
ignorance yeah. to be a kid and be like, you know what's a good move right now? I'm just going to try yeah. help the leader of this entire school district. Like, that's my move. I would love to have been in that kid's head. Like, what the heck were you thinking, dude? Yeah, the, the freedom. I'm, I'm envious of just the lack of like any sort of social responsibility. But that was great. From foggy self-regulation of kids to the foggy focus of groggy teachers, a lot of our embarrassing moments stem from having a whole lot on our minds as educators, sometimes to our own detriment. Here's Nineveh Caligari from episode 12 with an experience that we all can relate to. For sure, I had those dreams on Sunday night where it's like you're dreaming that something's really wrong in the classroom. I absolutely had that experience. But the live experience that I had, which is not that dramatic, but it is pretty sweet. I remember showing up to my classroom and of course you're like blurry eyed. And as I told you earlier, I would try and like jog at 630 in the morning, try and be in the classroom by 715. And I look down and I'm wearing what I don't know if you're going to find it that funny at all, but one navy blue flat and one black flat. And of course, I'm wearing like two different shoes. And it just struck me. It's just like, I'm so tired. I'm just trying to get myself there. And I look down and it's just like the saddest thing of all time. I don't know if any other profession would ever like show up to work, get that far and not even notice right. and be so focused. Oh my God. Did any students notice? Like any your colleagues call you out on it? No, I don't think my colleagues did. I think what, but you know, you spend so much of your day alone with the youth. Yeah, people true. People don't understand that. I just, I'm sure that I made, we laughed with with the youth about like, look at my shoes, like all day long, look at my <laughs> shoes. This is crazy. This is totally crazy. Similar moment with shoes. I was leading professional development for some of the staff members in my district. And I was like halfway through an entire day of this training. And someone was like, are are you wearing slippers? And I realized <laughs> like I was completely, you know, I had my bow tie, I had everything on, but I was still wearing slippers and how I got to that point. I have no idea. All right. All right. So sometimes we're a little absent minded, but even a focused mind with great intentions can go awry. Possibly my favorite category of ridiculous stories comes from those impromptu teachable moments that fail hard. Here's school leader Mark Trumley from episode 10 that we titled Kids Gone Wild with a story of a civics lesson that really could have gone wild. My first year, uh, I am a social studies teacher through mm. and through. I love civic engagement and I love, you know, breaking down barriers where I first started, I was in an urban environment, which is very different than where I'm at right now. Mm. Um, and we were talking about stereotypes because uh, the unit was called Thinking Like a Historian. Mm. And we were saying how, you know, blanket statements against people, all you know, groups is dangerous. And just having those conversations and one of the exercises as a, an exit slip was to uh, for them to identify a stereotype. Mm -hmm. And that, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but <laughs> I collected all of them and I destroyed them so that no one could ever see those again. 
because after thumbing through some of them, I'm like, oh my gosh, we've got a lot of work to do, don't we, guys? <laughs> I can totally see that moment where it's like, yeah, I just, you know, I want them to think about it. And then you're like, no, I don't want them to think about it anymore. We need to stop no, these thoughts. No, it reminds that's... me of that uh, that episode of The <laughs> Office where they're like going around with the, the different identities on their notes, on their forehead, oh, and yes. all they're doing is stereotyping each other. And it's like, no, th- this is kind of what happens when you just open it up for kids to, right. to start to layer it. Oh, I was very man. nervous too. I was like, hey, you know, hey, I didn't get your paper. I need that. I need right, that. that one kid who's like, I don't want to stereotype. And you're like, no, you will stereotype right now. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was one of those situations where we're trying to break those and it completely backfired. First year teacher, you know, you learn. Here's Lucy Dugan, another amazing school leader from episode eight, with another great example of a lesson that should have stayed mild that actually went a little wild. I was 22, so first year-ish teacher, and we were reading Romeo and Juliet. It was the very first time I'd ever taught Romeo and Juliet. Mm. I was doing my due diligence as a perfect little English teacher, (laughs) and I had picked out all of the vocabulary words, and we had reviewed all of the vocabulary words, (laughs) and we started reading, and it was... Um, I wrote it down. It was act two, scene three. Mm -hmm. And Friar Lawrence is doing his own little thing in the garden. Mm -hmm. And he says something about like sucking on mother nature's bosom. And we read that part and we keep going. And I have this kid who raises his hand and he's like, Miss Dugan, what does bosom mean? (laughs) And I just froze. And I was like, in full panic mode because number one, that was not one of the vocabulary words I had chosen. Um, And number two, I'm like, how do I explain to a group of teenagers what a bosom is? And so in my brain, what I decided to do was start like motioning towards my own. (laughs) And then I'm in my head. I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this either. And I just like, didn't know what to do. And finally, this kid in the back of the room goes, dude, it's your boobs. And I was like, oh, thank goodness for that child. (laughs) I was like, yes, that is what it is. Moving on to the next part of Romeo and Juliet. Did did they move on or were you guys, were you all stuck at that moment for a little bit? No, we were able to move on, but I was sweating profusely, uh, fully embarrassed. And yeah. It was delightful. It was a treat. That, was there's a really moment. no, like, I'm trying to think of, like, what word would I even use in that situation? Like, like, like your, like, chest, your breast, teat, like, where, like, breast. no matter what route you go, this is going to really take us off the track. This is just awkward. <laughs> it was great. I love the motion. So now, so then, like, every year moving forward, I was like, we're just going to skip this soliloquy from Fire Lawrence. He's in the garden. It's fine. Moving on. Not important. Just really insignificant moment. <laughs> it doesn't. You don't need. He's like, he'll be important later. Just yeah. moving on. You've probably had a moment where it wasn't the concept or the vocabulary lesson that went wrong. It was just your vocabulary choice in one moment. And here's Sherry Murphy from episode two with a great example of the importance of word choice. Okay, so I was working with a group of high school students, and we had this opportunity to, um, you know, do some like team building activities with with high school students. And so one of these activities was uh, where students pass another student's body over the top Mm. of them. So like students lay down super tight on the ground, they hold their hands up right above them, and they literally pass 
another student's body, right? Like this is really uncomfortable for high school students. <laughs> and so before I'm giving, getting ready to give this direction set, you know, I, the, the person who was in charge was like, listen, it's just really important that these directions go well, because this is a vulnerable for high school mm. kids. And I was like, okay, like I'm on this, I'm so ready. So I give the direction set. People are nodding. The person in charge is giving me a thumbs up and a, like a, you know, that way to go sign, like an okay, you're like you're doing great kind of a sign. So then I get really excited and I'm like, all right. And the final thing that I just have to say is, you know, like just like my final instruction is I'm like, listen, so the stiffer you are, the better the ride. The high school kids, which they start dying laughing. I didn't even know what I said. So I like hit the ground in a complete embarrassment. Because when you pass over those bodies, your body has to remain stiff and tight. Uh -huh. The stiffer you are, the better the ride. So there's like a level for like that should be a t-shirt for the event afterwards just to, to carry out. Crazy. <laughs> Students have passed by me and they're like, feeling stiff today. I'm like, oh my God, stop, stop. I'm so sorry. So I did not nail the instructions as well as I thought I... How often does that phrase like just randomly <laughs> pop in your brain now from that point oh, forward? So often. So often. <laughs> I, like, I feel like teaching has made my mind more like, I don't know how else to say it, like dirty because I've always had to anticipate everything I say could be strewn against or, or taken the wrong way. So it's like you can't help as an educator but think through all of the most immature things that someone might say. And it probably comes from horror stories like that, where we say something totally innocent. And we're like, oh no, that meant something different. Oh my God. That is good. I love that. It makes you more perverted. Because you do. You do have yeah. to consider yeah. like, oh, I'm, I can't draw that as the model. Oh, that yeah. looks like something else. The kids will take that and run with that. So <laughs> I totally had one of those moments. I don't even know what model I was drawing, but... I think it was like some form of like a, a Venn diagram or like, you know, however it happens. <laughs> I'm like, I'm mid drawing the longer section of this thing. And I just hear giggling behind me. And it was a moment where I was like, there's no way I can save face. So like, I literally just stepped back from the board and just said to the entire class, I was like, oh no, this looks like a penis, doesn't it? <laughs> and like, everyone laughed and it was like, that's the only way we're going to move forward is like, I have to own that this illustration looks like a penis. Uh, right, because ignoring it, that would not, I love that you, and you even said the word, Chase, like, oh my gosh, I love that so much. Like, so good. So when I was chatting with Lucy Dugan about funny stories, we got into talking about embarrassing moments that happen outside of school as an educator, like running into a student at a really weird time. And although we've all had those moments, I honestly don't know if any of them can quite compare to the one Lucy experienced. I had just given birth to my beautiful little boy who is Ooh. perfect beyond measure. And I had a C-section. And so I um, had to go to a, uh, my appointment two weeks after to like check everything was okay. And, you know, teachers talk about like their most embarrassing time where they run into students and it's like, <laughs> you know, I bought wine from my student who was at the checkout counter or whatever. And you're like, that's fine. So I'm sitting there waiting for my doctor to come in and the nurse comes in and she goes, Hey, um, your doctor has a medical student with her today. Is it okay if she comes in? And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm an educator. Like every more education for everyone. How great is this? <laughs> And in walks my former student from freshman English from years ago. And I immediately was like, 
I'll use a different name, but I was like, hello, Bridget. How are you? Like it was, it was so bad. And, and if you've had children and if you've had a C-section, it's not pretty, it's not cute. And I'm just sitting there on the table with the little cloth over. I'm like, oh my God, this is, this, I have this, I will beat any embarrassing teacher story ever. And so we did our little exam and she was there the whole time. And I'm glad she was a good student when I had her because that made me feel like she's at least smart and knows what she's doing. But she saw everything and, you know. Was there like a no, don't make eye contact with each other? Like how, how was the student? No, no, I gave her a hug and everything. And she was, (laughs) I was just like, all right, well, here we are. There's a level of like, you've literally seen everything. So we're, we're over that. We're going to hug now. So we've, we've moved past we're And then I, I did remind her, I was like, now there is this thing called HIPAA and you can't go tell all your right. friends that you saw Miss Dugan's, you know what, at the bar. Like you can't, that's a rule. Miss <laughs> Dugan you. can go tell everyone. <laughs> you can't tell anyone, but I can tell everyone. <laughs> Just a reminder. Okay. I know these stories aren't really a competition. Like funny is funny and embarrassing is embarrassing, but our final story today might be one of my favorites of all time. When I coach or connect with new teachers and they're freaking out about a lesson that went horribly wrong, I tell them this next story to make them feel way more at ease about their mistakes. Here's Alex Stacey from episode 5, who happened to be my colleague when this story happened, and I will never forget it. And neither will he, and probably neither will any of his students. I've always had a mind for tech, and I enjoy kind of using those teachable moments as they come up. And... I was working with a high school class. I think we were using Google Docs or Microsoft Word. Or actually, no, it was LibreOffice because I was in a district at mm-hmm. the time that didn't want to pay for it. <laughs> you got to get that that cheap, yep. that cheap suite. <laughs> and I told them, I said, hey, before you close the window, make sure you click the floppy disk to save. These kids had never heard of a floppy disk. <laughs> and they're like, what? And I was like, the floppy disk icon. And I'm trying to point to it on my board. And they're like, what is that? What are you talking about? And so I, you know, oh, cool, teachable moment. (laughs) Run over to my desk real quick. And like without, you know, taking the two extra steps to walk around the desk, try to like lean over behind the computer to get my hands on the keyboard and quickly pull up Google image search, type in floppy disk. But in my haste, I accidentally typed floppy dick. And did a Google image search for that in front of a high school class. And thank God, safe search was on. But even still, and I will never forget this, one of the top pictures was of a donkey with like a large member hanging down and a giant red arrow pointing to it. And I realized what happened quickly, you know, all that forward to close the window. And I just go, okay, well, so we're going to move on. And I figure if I can talk through it and not give the students a chance to respond, we'll be okay. And so I try to launch into something else and I finally run out of breath and I take a beat. And from the back of the room, I hear a student just go, oh my God, and proceed to lose control of the class for the rest of the hour. I thought I was going to be fired. I thought it was, I mean, I called my partner at the time and I was like, I think I'm going to lose my job today. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, <laughs> this, like this story, cause, cause we worked together during yeah. this time. Like this is one of my favorite stories <laughs> ever. <laughs> I remember you like coming in and you were just like, you look like, you know, you have experienced grief and loss. that just happened. You're like, 
and and like it took a little while for me to figure out like what's going on. You're like, I'm I'm gonna get fired. So I just like put in my resignation now. And then when you told me, oh my gosh, I was dying. Well, and I went down to our boss's office and I was like, I need right? to talk to you right now before students get out of the building. Tell him what happens. He's in tears having me tell the rest of the office staff, thinking it's the funniest thing he's heard. And then like months later. Actually, there was like, I don't remember if it was the end of the year or the beginning of the next year when the yearbook came out. There were references to the floppy disk story in there. I've run into students <laughs> after the fact and they're like, remember the time you tried to teach us about floppy disks? So, yeah. It worked. It, worked. <laughs> it did. I, I'm, I'm picturing <laughs> every, every kid as they go to save now, they just giggle. They yep. just giggle of that moment. <laughs> yeah. With that, I hope y'all are finding the laughs out there in this crazy profession we call education. And remember, if you can't laugh in education, you can't last in education. And quote me on that. Thank you all for the love and laughter you've shared with me, you happy hour hodgepodge. I'll see you next week on another Educator Happy Hour. Special thanks to all of our guests for being willing to share those ridiculous stories that we all can relate to. And special thanks to everyone that's been engaging and connecting over this podcast. I truly, truly feel grateful to get a chance to share some of these stories and experiences with you all. So let's connect. If you aren't following me on social media, you can find me at Chase Milky on Twitter and Instagram or at Chase Milky Speaker on Facebook. And special thanks once again to our sponsors, Top Youth Speakers, the source for speakers and professional development leaders whose messages are evidence-based and life-changing. If you're looking for a way to rally your students or staff for the conclusion of this school year or gear them up for the start of next year, then head over to topyouthspeakers.com. Check out the lineup of amazingly talented speakers. Browse their videos, see testimonials, and create an event that your staff and students will never forget. Visit topyouthspeakers.com. 